We're grateful you're joining us on what will not be your normal Not Another Baptist podcast. Our hearts are heavy with the news out of Sutherland Springs, Texas, which is to the east of San Antonio and our brothers and sisters in Christ called First Baptist Sutherland Springs. As you're probably aware of by now, on Sunday, as they gathered for worship, just as you and I probably did, their worship gathering took a tragic turn when a gunman entered and killed over 20 folks, injuring many, many more. One of the deceased is their student pastor. And while the senior pastor was out of town, his 14-year-old daughter was one of the deceased. As a father of four princesses and being joined here with a dad of two, it is nearly impossible for me to get those words out. Kyle, the pastor of First Baptist in Alamogordo, and I decided to record this episode not to be funny, but to start a conversation. We're both pastors, we're both husbands, we're both fathers, and it's an easy topic for us to want to ignore. We don't want to think about this, but the events of today force us, especially in our positions, to think about the unthinkable. No, this podcast will not be about gun control or even necessarily concealed carry. We'll leave that to others. But what we're wanting to do tonight is to talk in this episode about our church's plans, even if they're in the early stages for active shooters. Folks, almost all of our churches have plans for fires, but very, very few have plans for firearms, and that needs to end. And so, welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a podcast exploring issues pertaining to church revitalization, church planting, Southern Baptist life, but in this episode, active shooter preparedness. As I mentioned, I'm joined with the pastor of First Baptist Alamogordo, Kyle Bierman, and I'm Matt, the pastor of Mayhill Baptist. Kyle, first things first. Both of our churches took time tonight to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ of FBC Sutherland Springs. And how did this tragedy really affect your folks? Yeah, uh, so we had a we had actually planned a prayer meeting tonight uh, a couple of weeks ago, and so I mean, obviously, this changed kind of the direction of our prayer meeting tonight. Um, you know, it, it exposed some of our lack of preparedness. I, I think. And we kind of recognize that across the board tonight. And I know we're going to talk about some some plans that we've made since then here in a minute. Um, but, you know, I know you spent time in Texas. I spent some time in Texas. Um, and the, the thing that got me is, you know, not, not just because this is a Southern Baptist church, um, but this is a small country church, which, which both of us have spent a lot of time in. And, and that just hit me that, you know, man, these are our people that, that this came to tonight. And uh, so, you know, at First Baptist, we just, we opened our prayer time tonight, just praying, uh, crying out for God to comfort, certainly the pastor as, as this affected, not just his church family, but his personal family as well. Um, and just, just an eye-opening uh, event that, you know, we're not, none of us is immune from this. And uh, so, yeah, we're tonight we're going to talk about how we can be prepared. Uh, but, but more than that, you know, we need to be spiritually prepared because yeah. this is not outside the realm of possibilities for any of us. 
For sure. See, I I first heard about it tonight with uh, one of our, our church members messaged me uh, shortly after our morning service, if if not right when I got home from, you know, visiting with folks after the service. And, and I'm not sure exactly when it took place, but I had a message from one of our members about uh, there was a mass shooting in, in Texas at a church in San Antonio, and, and I wanted to know if I'd heard. And so, of course, then I jumped to uh, the news, uh, different websites and whatnot to try and figure out what was going on. But I, I was honestly just thrilled that that afternoon I knew uh, that that evening we were going to come together and worship and uh, gather with our church family and pray. And right. uh, we, we have our Sunday evening uh, service. And, and uh, at, at first, I'll, I'll be honest, I thought about, you know, hey, let's just, you know, cancel the, the sermon time and we'll, we'll just pray. Maybe we'll sing and we'll just have it as that. And then the more I started to think about that and pray about it, the more I started to think that's like, that's probably what Satan really wants is for us to, uh, you know, maybe just hide away and, and get away from what we would normally do and, and to be afraid. And, and I decided, yes, we can absolutely pray. And we absolutely did pray. Uh, but we were going to continue to worship. We were cont- going to continue to uh, pray together and, and continue to study uh, the word together. And uh, and that's what we did. And so I was looking forward to that all afternoon. And in fact, just reading post after post, I could not wait to get with my uh, people tonight and come together. And we prayed for them. We, we began our time with that. I read through, I, I think it was 11 verses for when tragedy strikes that one of our members just brought up and, and it tied in perfectly uh, to our study that night. Anyhow, so we did that. I let them pick a few songs of just what, what were some hymns that gave y'all comfort in, you know, whether loss of a loved one or whatever. So we sang It Is Well and, and a few others tonight. And, and then we jumped right into uh, our study of Vester. And uh, so it, it was good to come together and, uh, and lift up our voices in, in prayer and song and, and do what we're just called to do. Uh, well, when we spoke earlier, you mentioned that y'all y'all already had a church council meeting planned. Uh, so I would assume this obviously came up. Without getting into too much detail, what what are some of y'all's initial plans? Yeah, so we had our monthly church council meeting, and, and this made its way to the top of our agenda. This was the very first thing we talked about out of the gate tonight. Um, we addressed um, some ways that our security is lacking. Uh, so. We, had, we looked at some doors that are normally open on Sunday mornings that will probably no longer be open for folks to come in on Sunday mornings. Um, we, we discussed the, uh, the necessity of having somebody posted at each of our entrances to just to be there, just to be alert. Um, I also had some conversations with some folks that I know are concealed carry uh, and just asked them if they would, if they would carry on a Sunday morning. Um, you know, and that's not something I'm going to announce from the pulpit, but that's, that's some individual conversations, kind of an informal security team. Hey, I know you have this license, please carry on Sunday morning. So that in the event something like this happens, we have some folks prepared to, uh, to, to potentially confront an an active shooter. Um, and then we're also going to be visiting with uh, our local police department, uh, in the next week and just to see what their suggestions are as well. Uh, we're right across the street from our state police. So, um, you know, we're, we're very close to law enforcement, but at the same time, uh, we don't want to take anything for granted and we want to be as prepared as possible. So we're going to be having some more conversations in the coming weeks and months as we, um, as we address kind of some ways to beef up our, our own security at the church. 
how about you guys? What, what is, what does that look like at Mayhill? Well, you know, in, in some sense, my, my training goes back to, you know, Texas. Uh, I had become the uh, pastor of a church near San Antonio a couple of years ago, shortly after the shooting in Charleston. And so timing-wise, there was a lot of kind of eeriness here with it. But right. it had honestly never dawned on me that something like that could could happen. And, and I, I knew that it had happened, but it, it really kind of hit home once I was an actual pastor that I'm, I'm in charge with protecting these folks. And I never really thought about it. And to be honest, when I saw what happened in Charleston at that time, uh, I was a mess, you know, and after the service, I, I was met by one of the members that I didn't know at the time, but he ended up being a policeman. Uh, and he told me how he sat in a particular particular area of the church where he could see the uh, the exits and and so forth and, and obviously was prepared for any threats in, in that sense. Uh, but it really dawned on me how it was important for me to seek wisdom, not out of fear, uh, right. but out of wisdom, seeking God's direction and how to protect the flock. Because just a few weeks after that, at, at you know the, the church there outside of San Antonio, I was bowing my head. I, I just read the scripture. After I read the scripture, I, you know, I pray and and I lifted up my head. And and there, right in the middle of the aisle, was was a man just staring at me. And uh, you know, my my spidey senses were on high alert. And uh, I was just like, "What on earth is going on?" And and Kevin was there. He was aware and and you know was kind of moving a little closer and and whatnot. Nothing ended up happening. But the very next day, I finally enrolled in in a uh, training uh, course so that I could be prepared for things like that because that could have gone much right. different. Uh, it ended up just being somebody that uh, needed some help, was was coming off of drugs and whatnot, was a little belligerent, but everything was okay. Uh, but it could have gone much different. Uh, you know, we don't really need to go into a lot of detail about our training, but I do think it's important to talk about it. Maybe we could, you know, post some links on the show notes about some things we we find right now, and and then ask you, our our listeners, to share with you maybe some of your ideas, uh, things that you have gone to to get some insight on what you should do. But the point right now is a plan has to be formed. Whether that involves concealed carry, armed security, something completely different, it is ultimately up to each individual church. But folks, there has to be some kind of a plan at your church. You see, while we're informally trained, kind of like you guys, where we realize that there are some holes that we need to address and that you know, over the next couple of weeks. And, and as we come together, we have a deacons meeting coming up and another business meeting. We'll have this stuff pretty well ironed out. But I'm, I'm one of a few that do employ measures to protect our folks and others are situated in specific locations as well. But there is some room for improvement here. And uh, But our, our goal tonight is to not really tell you what you need to do. But we are saying that there's a conversation that has to be had in your church. And we got to get some folks thinking about how can we protect our flock, especially pastors. Y'all have to get your heads out of the sand and make a plan for the unthinkable. What What do you think, brother? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, um, I'm looking at some information that Church Mutual Insurance has put out, and we will post the link to this in the show notes. Um, but, but they list some factors to consider. And, and some of those things are, the size and the layout of your facility, you know, do you, do you know, do your people know where your exits are? Do they know how to get out of the building the fastest in that kind of an emergency? 
and then of course the size of your congregation you know if you have a small facility but a large congregation that's going to make things more difficult um what is your capability to lock the facility down if that needs to happen and how fast can you do that um where are your children's ministries and that's one of the things that led us to a discussion about what uh, doors we're going to not open anymore because of the location of where our nursery is because of the location of where some of our children's classrooms are they were way too close to a door that remains open and unguarded and that's not going to happen anymore um, and then something else to consider is your police and sheriff and medic response time. As I mentioned, we're right across the street from a uh, from our state police office. So we're going to have law enforcement there very quickly in the event that something happens. But some churches, particularly in rural contexts, you may be 15, 20 minutes from, from a response time. And that's something to consider as you look at your overall plan. You know, how quickly can um, emergency resources get to you in the event of an emergency? And then maybe like we're gonna do this week, contact your local police department, your local sheriff's department, and begin to work out a plan with them in the event that something happens and we call 911. What is your plan and what does our plan need to be until you get you can get here? Um, those are, like you said, these aren't as unthinkable as it may have been four or five years ago. This is the reality of where we are and we cannot afford as church leaders to have our heads in the sand, as you mentioned. We, we have to be thinking these things through as much as we do any other administrative responsibility. This has to be at top of our list in these days. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're about, you know, maybe 25 or 30 minutes from yeah, uh, the, the sheriff, you know, and unless they just happen to be a little closer to our direction, you know, if they're coming right. from Cloudcroft, it's, it's going to be a drive and it's going to be a little yeah. while. And, and uh, so that's something that we have to take into consideration for sure. But, you know, thanks, thanks for your thoughts, Kyle. I, I know, we, we really need to be honest here and, and, and real here. Sunday wasn't the first, and unless our Lord returns, unfortunately what happened on September 15th, 1999 in Texas where seven were killed and seven others were wounded, what happened on March 12th, 2005 in Wisconsin where seven were killed and four others were wounded, and what happened on December 9th in 2007 in Colorado where two were killed, and what happened in March 5th, 2012 where six were killed, killed and four others were wounded and what happened today where over 20 were killed and many more were wounded very well may happen again and so if you are a pastor brother i plead with you to come up with a plan. There are scores of websites. We're just going to keep throwing them in the show notes and on Facebook over the next couple of days. Ways for you to be trained are at your fingertips if you will just take the step to do so. And so, Kyle, before we wrap up, do you have any other uh, thoughts as we end this? Yeah, um, actually, in my message this morning, you know, uh, not knowing that any of this had happened, uh, we're walking through First John, and, and in First John 3, um, he says, don't be surprised, brothers, if the world hates you. Um, as followers of Christ. And so when these things happen, we sh we're not supposed to be surprised, and yet we are. And one of the things that I share with our congregation, I think it's important to share tonight, while, while these things don't happen often here in the United States, this is reality for millions of brothers and sisters around the world. And so for me, one of the things that struck me tonight is that we're getting just a, a taste of what believers around the world experience week in and week out. And so, you know, while well, well, certainly we want to do as much as we can to be prepared for, for this type of situation, we should also um, 
pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who who risk arrest, risk persecution, risk giving their lives each and every week as they gather together to worship. And this is this has caused me to have a newfound respect, a newfound love for our brothers and sisters um, in the persecuted church around the world. Yeah, I, uh, I tell our folks say, uh, very often uh, that we we have to be thankful for the freedom that we have to Absolutely. worship here in America. But the last thing we can do is take it for granted when our brothers and sisters in Christ are, are around the globe or having to take different routes to get to church so they're unnoticed or, or just the joy that we see them when they have a Bible finally in their own language. That we, It's so easy for us to take these things for granted. And, and look, as church is just something that we can do if we want to and, and, uh, and maybe have time to do. It's almost the last thing on our list of things uh, to do. Uh, but we can't take it for granted, and and so that's that's humbling and and really heartbreaking, uh, to to say the least. Well, folks, we'll be back with our normal banter on Friday, with another episode. This one on Annie, on Lottie, and Kyle's downright heretical Christian traditions. But until Christmas, then, Christmas, Christmas, <laughs> sorry, Christmas traditions. But until he's not really a heretic, he just has some Christmas heretical views. Uh, But until then, join us in praying for our brothers and sisters in Sutherland Springs, Texas. Pray for uh, the Southern Baptists of Texas Convention who will be coming alongside them and coming into that community. Really, as we already speak, we've already seen the executive director, uh, Dr. Jim Richards, is is boldly proclaiming the gospel all over the uh, news, even through tears. And, And so we're grateful for that. So pray for them. Pray for our brothers there in Texas, but also make time to make a plan at your church. Get that hand, head out of the sand and really talk and make a conversation. Get going at your church about what we need to do to keep our flock safe. But until then, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you proclaim. We love you all and we thank you for your continued support. We look forward to seeing you Friday. So, love you guys.